Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Well, this is the night of the annual steak dinner for members of the Wistful Vista Rotowanis Club and their wives at the Ritzmore Hotel. Everybody who is anybody will be there. That is, with a few exceptions. And here, sitting all alone in the hotel lobby, trying not to look too unhappy, we find one of the exceptions. Fibber, or who cares, McGee. Why do I care about that dad dreaded old banker? Sat there for three hours, listening to a lot of stuffed shirts, eating a tough old steak, wearing paper hats, Singing, there's a long, long trail of winding. <laughs> Poo. Kid stuff. Hey, bellboy. Excuse me, sir. Are you Mr. Phillips? No, I'm Fibber McGee, bud. But say, where's the Rotowanos banquet being held? In the Louis XIV room, the Purple Cow room, or the Elbow room? In the Pompeian room, sir. Just off the mezzanine. That's our finest dining room, sir. <laughs> yes, I know. They call it the Pompeian room because it got so much pomp the customers don't realize how much they're paying. <laughs> Oh, thanks, bud. Yes, sir. Excuse me, but I have to pay to Mr. Phillips. Okay. Come from Morris <laughs> Call for Morris Phillips. Fresh kid. I should have wrote in a swift kick at the bottom of that page. <laughs> well, hello there, Fibber. Oh, hi, Harple. What you wearing the badge for? Oh, all the Rotowanus members wear these to the banquet. Oh, it sort of identifies us to the other members. Oh, let's see it. All right. Hmm. Harlow, call me Harpo Wilcox. <laughs> <laughs> I sell Johnson's Gloco. <laughs> oh, that's very nice, isn't it? Sure. Where are you sitting, Fibber, at the speaker's table? Who, me? Well, no, I don't think I'll go, Harpo. Then things kind of bore me. <laughs> However, I might drop in for a minute as your guest. Oh, I'm sorry. No guests. Huh? No, just members and their wives. Oh. Sorry you can't come. You're sure missing a swell feed, boy. See you later, Fibber. Hmm. Swell feed my eye. Trying to make me jealous. Oh, well, what do I care? What's a dad-ratted old banquet to me? <laughs> Ishkabibble. <laughs> That's what I always say. Ishkabibble. Excuse me, sir. I am Mrs. Homer Gildersleeve. My husband is toastmaster of the banquet tonight. Oh. What am I supposed to do about it, sis? Sweep up the crumbs after him? <laughs> Our guest speaker hasn't arrived yet, and I... Well, we saw you sitting here, and we thought you might be he. <laughs> well, I might be he, but I ain't him, sis. <laughs> uh, who is he, and what's he going to talk about? Well, he's Professor Patrick Sattaway. And he's speaking on the subject of how the businessman can keep in training, or uh, if you have a bay window, look out. That's your fat away, huh? Yeah. I think I know his partner, old Joe Doublechinsky. <laughs> well, you tell your husband, sis, that if the speaker don't show up, I'll be glad to address the banquet. Oh, it'll be a sacrifice, but I'll choke down a couple of steaks just to help out. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, won't you come over and talk to my husband? Uh, Homer? 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 Sounds more like a baseball game than a banquet. <laughs> oh, 
Now there, my dear. <laughs> is this the professor? No, Homer. I couldn't find the professor. But this gentleman is also a public speaker. So if our guest doesn't appear... I'll be glad to talk to the folks, Gildersleeve. Uh, why don't I just go in now and sit down? Oh, not that I'm interested in the banquet or the feed or nothing, but I'd better be close at hand just in case. Oh, that won't be necessary, McGee. You just sit out here and I'll call you if we need you. Uh... Don Novus is getting ready to sing now. Uh, did you say you were an expert after-dinner speaker? Am I? Why, shucks, Gildersleeve. I've been an extemporaneous speaker since I was a tiny baby. Why, when I was only eight months old, my folks took me to a Fourth of July picnic, and after the speeches, they said to me, they says, uh, what did you think of the nice speeches, baby? And I spit out my pacifier and says, blah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's very interesting, but I... So my mother turned to my Uncle Addison and says with excusable pride, my, ain't he glib, Ed? <laughs> and that's how I got my name. Ad Glib McGee, I was known as in them days. <laughs> Ad Glib McGee, the gustiest guest at gay gatherings who ever got up and gave a group of giddy gals and grave grown-ups a gorgeous gob of glittering gab, getting gargantuan giggles with graceful gags, garnering great gushes of glee with glamorous, gaudy gossip, and going great guns as the most gosh darn garrulous guy from the green grassy gullies of Gettysburg to the glorious grandeur of the Golden Gate. <laughs> Go ahead, Don. Beautiful, Don. That guy Novus can sure sing, can't he, Gildersleeve? I think I'll go in and congratulate him on it. Oh, uh, wait, McGee. You can't get into the banquet room without a badge. Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> I'll bet you think I just want to go in so I can sit down and eat. Huh? Oh, no. <laughs> well, anyway, how'll I get in to make the speech if the professor don't show up? Oh, that's different. I'll take you in then. Now, you just wait out here, McGee. Okay. I see they're passing out the paper hats, and I don't want to be late. <laughs> the last time I got a paper jockey cap, and they wouldn't get, let me eat anything but sea biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Ah, but listen, bud, can't I just go in and wait? No, you wait here for me, McGee. Okay. Oh, that's gratitude. I'm good enough to make a speech for him, but not good enough to eat with him. Oh, well, what do I care? Hello, Fibber. Are you still around? Yeah, I am, Harpo. Why ain't you in there at the banquet? Oh, I had to get away for a while. All that gaiety, laughter, music. I couldn't take it. Got me down. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, I don't know. I, I got to thinking of all the housewives who were tired and worn out and discouraged. <laughs> because they didn't know about Johnson's glow coat. <laughs> well, when I think of how easy it is to just pour a little glow coat on the floor or linoleum and spread it around with a long-handled applier and then simply wait for it to dry with no rubbing or buffing, I... Well, to be so happy myself when there are actually some women who don't know about glow coat, I... I don't know. It just doesn't seem... It doesn't seem quite fair. Take it easy, Harpo. Gee, Willikers, don't cry. Oh, gee, I... I bet my nose is all shiny. <laughs> my eyes are all red. I, I'm sorry, Fibber. I, I guess I, I guess I'm just an old salty. <laughs> oh, that's all right, Harper. But you take your work too seriously. You can't expect to sell every housewife on glow coat in one night. They'll all come to it eventually. Go on, have a good time. Be gay. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Forget everything. 
Yeah, and, and never mind me sitting down here while, while you fellas are in there. <laughs> Having a swell time. <laughs> Eating steak. <laughs> Wearing paper hats. <laughs> oh, now, Fibber, don't sleep. Okay, I'm all right. You go on, Harpo. Now that we both had a good try, we'll feel better. Okay. Okay, pal. Shake on it. Smiling through, eh? <laughs> ah, good old Harpo. It's a good thing the show's only on once a week. <laughs> He's too emotional. Oh, Mr. Oh, my, how delightful meeting him here. Oh, yes. Good day to you, creeping jeeper. <laughs> oh, hi, Mrs. Uppington. Hi, Boomer. What you two doing here? Oh, Horatio and I just had the most delightful dinner, Miss McGee. That's all. In the Louis XIV room. Oh, it was so cozy. Wasn't it, Horatio? Ah, yes, my love. When I brought the finger bowls, your little hands reminded me of two little doves in a bird bath. <laughs> Listen, Uppy, when that guy gets spoony, it's time to count the silverware. No, little gutter snipe moonflower. He has a low mind. He verily believes my affection for you is based on unholy desire for personal gain. Perish, uh, perish the thought. <laughs> my dear, neither my personal fortune nor yours shall ever come between us. Particularly mine. <laughs> oh, Mr. McGee, isn't it simply delightful? <laughs> yes, such a sense of humor, really. <laughs> you know, he simply keeps me in stitches. <laughs> You'll be lucky if you wind up with a stitch to be kept in, Uppy. <laughs> Come, Abigail, let us not tarry to be twitted by this underling in his base insinuation. Oh, Horatio, my goodness, Miss McGee, it's just you can hear. You see, Miss McGee, Horatio is very sensitive, really. Oh, that's all. Yes, yes. You know, he comes from a wonderful family of people in England. Oh. Don't you, Horatio? Uh-huh. Why, do you know? Believe me, Miss McGee, he has several earls in his family. Earls? Yes, eh? yes. And one of them owns a simply tremendous fruit plantation in Central America. He did. Yes. Well, that's not exactly what I said, my dear. I said my family was famous for its banana earls. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, however, the boomers are very well known in England. Certainly are. Pictures of them in every place. Canyon Railroad Station, Post Offices, Police Station, uh, all very well known family indeed. Hardly a boomer who hasn't been presented at court in one way or another. <laughs> ah, but it's getting late, my dear. Come, kitten, we must be off. <laughs> yes, kitten, run along with Tom, or Horatio. <laughs> It's been so nice seeing you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, I do hope you won't think I'm, I'm just a silly girl, Mr. McGee. But isn't it a beautiful day to be glad in? <laughs> oh, goodbye, Mr. McGee. Come in, Horatio. Beautiful day to be glad in. Oh, dear. What a romance. They'll have to rewrite the marriage service for that guy. I take this woman for all she's got. Why am I hungry? I wonder how I could finagle my way into the banquet room. Musician, bus boy, telegraph boy, waiter, hot dog, a waiter. 
Hey, bellboy, who has charge of the uniform? The housekeeper, sir, in the living room. Uh, down the corridor, fourth door. Oh, thanks, bud. If I can get her to loan me a waiter's uniform, I can pretend to be a waiter till I get it. Oh, this must be the living room. Excuse me, sis. You the housekeeper? Oh, dear. Now what is it? <laughs> You're right, folks. It's they who fix again. The girl with the funny hands. And long may they wait. Listen, housekeeper, I want to play a kind of a little joke on some friends of mine. So... Oh, I know just the thing, mister. Huh? Did you ever see those little flowers you wear in your buttonhole that squirt water on people? <laughs> That's an awful funny joke. Yeah, but uh, that ain't what I meant by what I... The reason it's so funny is that so many people water flowers, but so few flowers water people. <laughs> Let me see now. 4,000 hand towels, 6,000... Listen, sis, I didn't mean that kind of a joke. What I want to do is crash that banquet. How about loaning me a waiter's uniform? 8,000 bath towels. And what did you say, mister? A waiter's uniform? Oh, I don't have charge of those. Okay, sis. Thanks anyway. I guess that ruins that idea. So how do you like hotel housekeeping, sis? You don't look very happy about it. Well, my goodness, who would be? Having to see that 450 beds are made up every morning? And me with insomnia? <laughs> That's too bad. How'd you happen to get this job anyway? Well, mister, I was a farmer's daughter, and I got to thinking one day, where can I go to meet some traveling salesman? <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> oh, I catch on to it. Have you met many? Oh, yes, hundreds of them. But my goodness, they don't pay the least attention to me. Mm -hmm. They look at me like I was just another piece of furniture and not very well upholstered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't worry. Hey, excuse me, sis, but uh, there's a piece of straw stuck in your hair. Yes, I know. I always keep that there. Otherwise, how would they know I was a farmer's daughter? <laughs> 300 table runners, 82 bars of soap, 76 blankets. Hey, pardon me, but you got one odd blanket there, sis. Yes, I know. That belongs to a horse in room 342. <laughs> a horse? Yes, there's a moving picture cowboy stopping here. Oh. He told the manager he wouldn't pay his rent till they gave him a better room. And the manager said that was just a stall. So the cowboy said, all right, send my horse up. <laughs> he winked at me in the hall this morning. The horse? Oh, no, the cowboy. Oh. <laughs> my, he's romantic. I know he's really from out west, too. Yeah? He was seeing snakes in his room the other night. <laughs> 200 bath mats. Mm, so he winked at you in the hall, did he? Yes, but I don't think he meant it. I think he was just toying with my affection. I'm telling you, mister, I'm getting discouraged. You'd think any man would be glad to have a girl who could concentrate on just him after keeping house for 900 people at once. <laughs> I've just about made up my mind to do something desperate. Oh, now, don't talk like that there, sis. It ain't that bad. What you gonna do? Mister, you can think whatever you like of me. And my goodness, I hope my father never knows. But one of these days, and I won't blame you if you don't speak to me, but don't be surprised if you hear that I'm using lipstick. <laughs> now, go will you, mister, and leave a girl to her dreams? <laughs> okay, sir. 250 wash paws, 15 cans of Johnson's Black. <laughs>
playing and singing, I must see Annie tonight. And very good, too, kids. Even in my present mood, I enjoyed it. Shucks. Here I am, a prominent citizen. Pleasant personality. Good look. <laughs> but do I get invited to a banquet? No. Why, shucks. Hello there, Johnny! What you doing around here? You one of the ones behind the Washington's birthday ball? No, I ain't, old-timer. Hey! I said, no, I ain't. The only ball I'm behind has got a big figure eight on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I hear it. (laughs) The way I hear it, one fella says to the other fella, say, who is that fat girl I seen you with last night? No, right, the worst. Wasn't fat? Oh, no, says the first fella. If she had funnels, she'd look like the Queen Mary. <laughs> now, better take seven tugs to get her into her slip. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a good-looking gal over at the cigar counter. Wonder what she's doing tonight. <laughs> He's some Romeo. Why, his arteries are so hard, if they wanted to give him a transfusion, they'd have to use a diamond drill. Boy, am I hungry. Well, I guess there's no use hanging around here. Them selfish guys in there wouldn't give me Oh, there, McGee. Just the man I was looking for. Oh, yeah? Well, go butter another slice, Toastmaster. I ain't interested. But, McGee, you said if our speaker didn't show up, you would address the club. Well, he didn't come. Well, what's that got to do? Huh? Oh, okay, bud. Let's go. Do I get a badge and a paper hat? Well, later, maybe later. Right now, they're expecting a speech. Now, here we are, McGee. Oh. It's all right, doorman. This gentleman is with me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Attention. Attention, please, ladies and gentlemen. Attention. <laughs> Attention. Members of the Whistle Vista Rotowana's Club. We regret to announce that our speaker of the evening, Professor Patrick Fataway, has been unavoidably to say. But fortunately, we've obtained the generous services of a public-spirited fellow citizen and an after-dinner speaker of great renown. Lay off those olives, McGee. <laughs> okay, bud. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure... Put down that celery, McGee. <laughs> Gives me great pleasure to present as our guest speaker this evening, Mr. Fibber McGee, who will speak on the subject, How a Businessman Can Keep Fit. Mr. McGee. Ladies and gents, as I stand here tonight... Excuse me a minute. Give me a pitcher of water and a glass, Gildersleeve. And make my steak medium rare. Yep. As I stand here tonight, folks, looking down on all them smiling faces, under them paper hats, and behind them oversized badges, I... Did did I say something wrong, Gildersleeve? No, no, no. Go ahead. The subject of my discourse tonight, folks, is how a businessman can keep fit. 
So it is with this thought in mind that we leave Pango Pango, or... And speaking of businessmen, that reminds me of a story about the butcher who got thrown out of the aquarium because he couldn't keep his hands off the scales. <laughs> he didn't like that one either. Taking the subject from another angle, folks, or seeing that so few of you have angles, <laughs> from another curve... I... Oh, now, listen, folks, I'm only trying to tell you for your own good... Dad Rattled, is that any way to treat a guest? Well, shucks, I... Well, all I can say is I... I oh. McGee, where are you going? Oh, yeah. What's the matter, McGee? Where is he going? Huh? Wait a minute, I'll go after him. He was probably just nervous. Hey, Fibber. where are you? Fibber? You see me. Fibber, what's the matter? What'd you run away for? They didn't like me, Harpo. I'm a flop. That's what I am, a flop. Oh, now, don't be like that. What gave you that idea? You heard what they did. They hissed at me. Every time I opened my mouth, somebody'd go, like that there. Why, don't you know what that was? Huh? The waiters were serving sizzling steaks. What? You mean I... I, Oh, God. thank Zezu Pitts, the farmer's daughter, for appearing with us again tonight, and we hope that sometime in the... Uh-oh. Hey, waiter, put that at my place. Them first two steaks I had were kind of tough. Good night, folks. Speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, Racine, Wisconsin, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. District.